You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish or 40 (laughs) minutes or less. We are in the thick of it, everybody. We are trying to cover right now. Today, we're going to go over six shows. Some may get the speed round treatment. Some may get a little bit more love. But we're trying to give you as much Bravo as we can in the shortest amount of time. I mean, I feel like there's no end in sight. This is a good thing. I'm loving all the Bravo, but we have six shows right now. Vanderpump, I mean, not Vanderpump, I'm sorry. New Jersey is on the way out. We're at the reunion, but we will maybe have a one to two week break after New Jersey wraps before New York starts up. So just, we're going to try to cover the best that we can, people, but hang in there. Hang in there. And then if you, again, if you have any opinions, we love hearing from you before we get started. So if you have any strong opinions about anything, we welcome your feedback. So if you say, hey, I really don't care for this show, or maybe we'll do a poll and see what shows you guys are actually watching and listening, and that might help us prioritize. But let's start first with the newest uh, addition to the Bravo family. Welcome, Family Karma. I have to say, I am obsessed with this show. I love it. There are so many different pieces to it. Not only is it diverse and that we're seeing you know, a true Indian families, a lot of these um, kids that are, they're, they're in, I say kids, they're our age, they're in their mid-ish 30s, 32 to like 38, I believe. Uh, they're parents though are from India. They came over to Florida and kind of built this community of Indian, like a network. All their kids were sort of sourced into a friendship. They uh, joked that there are arranged marriages and they had um, arranged friendships and there are um, arranged marriages too. That's a big part of it. But I, what I love is they don't shy away from things in the culture. We hear them talk a lot about, you know, arranged marriages is a big thing. Um, Diwali is the Diwali season's happening, which that is a bucket list item for me. Uh, We also have a gay man who, you know, when you, I'm trying to say this in the best, typically an Indian uh, family is known as being very traditional. They're wanting their sons or daughters to marry another Indian, have children, continue the traditions, the family name. That's something that is very, very important. I don't think typically you hear about a lot of Indian families embracing a gay or lesbian child. And so I commend Bravo for finding a family that was not only willing to be on the show with a gay son, but openly talk about some of the struggles. And it's just eye opening for everything. We're seeing the diversity of, you know, a gay Indian, the diversity of just Indian culture. For me, I'm learning more about it. I just I love it. I think it's a much needed thing. 
within Bravo when we have, you know, 2,800 white people on Vanderpump Rules right now. <laughs> it's just, it's time. I would tell anyone who's like, oh, I don't know if I should watch it. Try the first episode. I would be shocked if you're like, I hate this. I can't continue watching it. It's entertaining. It's funny. I love all the characters. Anisha's grandpa is like this little national treasure. I'm so obsessed with him. And he is sitting down at dinner for his birthday talking to his granddaughter, Anisha, telling her why she needs to be getting married and focusing on having kids. And she gives him some excuse about why, you know, she's just not ready yet. And he pauses and brings a producer over. She like kneels down next to him at the dinner table at a restaurant. And he's asking her different questions like, well, how many kids do you have? How old are you? She happens to be Indian. It's just really funny. I think the fourth wall has been broken down a lot in this show, more than any other Bravo show I've ever seen. Even like the producers, you know, will have times where they ask them questions, but they kind of heckle the people on the cast too. One guy was talking about how he's so Western and he really isn't that Indian. And when he was younger, he tried to not, you know, be Indian and he only hung out with the white kids. And so now he's embracing his roots. And the producer quickly was like, well, you say you're not Indian, but don't you live with your parents? And he starts laughing. He's like, oh, you got me there. It's just, it's a fun banter within even production and the cast. The cast is all truly friends. So a hundred percent right now I'm on board with family karma. If you're not watching it, I think you're, I think you might like it better than some of the other things that we've been watching for years. If you can make it through another wedding episode, um, Vanderpump rules, you can make it through family karma. I didn't get a chance to watch the first episode because I was traveling this weekend, but Abby, you've got me sold on Anisha's grandpa. I cannot wait to dive in. And I agree with everything you said about the diversity and how refreshing that is. And that's something that we need. So I'm really excited to check the show out. And we'll continue to cover it. Our plan is to keep it on there again, unless we get feedback, you know, you want us to cover more of another show and ease off on this. But right now that's sort of where, where it's at. I don't want to give too much away because I think there's a lot of people who didn't catch it last night. So I would say, watch it. And we're going to continue to deep dive on it. Oh, but so I loved it. I love family karma and it, it's saying a lot because we were coming off of an amazing Atlanta episode. I know I'm a broken record. I know I say it almost every time, but Atlanta is bringing it. They always bring it. It is such an amazing franchise. I feel bad that I had a period of time where I wasn't watching Atlanta <laughs> because it just, every time, I mean, it gives you everything you want. We start with this heartbreaking story with Kenya, like crying in bed. She's in her room and Candy and Cynthia go to her house because as we saw in the previous episode from a week ago, the divorce was announced the day after the charity event. Which is bananas. I was G-chatting you about this today. And I mean, in, in this day and age, with so many of these housewife shows being on their 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th season, it's hard. It's really hard to keep it fresh and feel real. And Atlanta, to me, is still one of those franchises that really does feel real and we're seeing people react to things that we're hearing in the news in real time and Kenya's separation is one of them. I was shocked by how much she shared in that of that story about the the car ride and thank goodness for that Uber driver. Say whatever you want about Kenya. I mean, I, I she's a polarizing figure. She's pretty um shady and I know a lot of you have brought up Tanya and the cookie lady and how this goes back to her and yeah, there's some truth to that but at the end of the day, she's dealing with horrible, horrible situation in her relationship. It seemed like her safety could have been compromised had there not been another person in the vehicle. And I mean, I think all of us 
in life want to be in a relationship that's healthy and happy. And if you have a child, you want to have a happy family. Um, clearly that's not going to be the case for her, but it was wild. And I was even more surprised that she can go to Greece and put on a face. Like I would be a sobbing mess. Maybe the TV cameras hold her. I don't even want to say accountable, help her kind of keep that mask on, but damn, Kenya. (laughs) I was shocked that she went on the trip. I mean, we saw the preview, so we knew she was. I I do commend her. She's not my favorite person. I will say I love watching her on TV. I would be very afraid of her in real life. I think she can throw a lot of shade. She's not afraid of a fight, but she's a very, very strong person. To have not only her divorce kind of sprung up on her, as she was saying to Candy and Cynthia that, you know, Mark was basically just going to make a statement. And so her team was like, what are you going to say back? Because this is happening, whether you like it or not. And then talking about the red flags where basically he was cheating on her. And that also blows my mind. The number of women on Atlanta that have been cheated on by their, the father of their children. I mean, I feel like this sadly is a theme that we're seeing. And I think a lot of it is because these women are so strong, but they also so badly want a loving companionship relationship with a husband and they also want a family. And so it just, it breaks my heart that a lot of that was lost for her but for her to show up and honestly be very strong. She didn't really have a lot of boo-hoo, woe is me moments while she was there, which on other seasons, I mean, other franchises, we probably would have seen her crying in her room. Like a Shannon, a la Shannon Bedore. (laughs) Oh God, yes, exactly. I mean, and she just showed up and brought it. And the other thing that's so amazing about Atlanta, so we have this, you know, heartbreaking, intense moment. And then we get to Greece I, I want to make a rule for Bravo. From now on, every trip has to have different challenges to determine your room. That was the <laughs> most entertaining thing I think I've seen in Housewife history. I loved it. It was hilarious. It was really funny. Portia's interviews were giving me life. I thought they were hilarious. I love that she said, can we go back to the old way where we just throw our bodies on a bed? And <laughs> it was making me laugh because the entire time I was picturing Ramona for some reason because she's such an ass about the room choices, but the room challenges were really fun a fun twist and again get in that situation and as the women should I think I would have the same reaction as a lot of the ladies like oh my god Miss Kenya is going to be a shady little bee despite all the (laughs) fact that her life is crumbling down she's going to make us do some crazy shit but it was really entertaining (laughs) I also think uh going back to the whole Kenya thing and Mark cheating on her and we have not found out about his like secret double life yet. I'm guessing that's going to be revealed either in episodes to come or for sure at the reunion. But now her issue with Tanya makes sense to me. She was pushing on Tanya so hard with this cookie lady. And it was like, she wanted to expose Tanya's relationship as a fraud and that, you know, her fiance has been cheating on her. And it really bothered Kenya that Tanya would say my husband, even though they weren't married. And I thought it was kind of odd that she just, sort of isolated Tanya out and that was her target. It seemed really uncalled for, but now it's all clicking. She was projecting on Tanya because she knew Mark wasn't faithful to her. They were married. They didn't act like husband and wife. Tanya and her fiance acted more like husband and wife. I think there was a lot of jealousy and projecting. So it it really kind of brought all that full circle too. I don't know if, did you have the same thing? Like thought? Yeah, no, it, it made a lot of sense. I will, it made a lot of sense. So Another situation that I would love kind of your thoughts on, on if whether or not you agree with this. So Cynthia 
was kind of projecting on Nini and saying, hey, given your experiences and your relationship and everything that you've gone through, I think this would be a good opportunity for you and Kenya to maybe connect. No, they're not going to be friends, but maybe see eye to eye and just have a human moment. Well, at the dinner, Nini started to kind of allude to that, was like, hey, just want you to let you know that we're here for you. We're all open. And Kenya then proceeds to, in a very Kenya Moore fashion, says, thank you so much. And then she starts calling them individually by name and leaves out <laughs> Nini. <laughs> she even gave Marlo credit. She, she even gave she Marlo give- credit. Purposely left out Nini. And then Nini kind of, you know, calls um, calls her out. Well, not to her face, but later has a conversation with Candy. He's like, hey, I've kind of given the olive branch here and she's shutting me out. Like, why should I continue to try pursuing a relationship or trying to talk to someone who clearly has no interest in talking to me. She said this in a very needy leaks fashion. I'm summarizing it. I, I mean, I have to say I agreed with her in that situation. I was like, you know what? You're totally right. Nini, like you've put yourself out there. There's no reason for her to shut you out. That was rude. In my opinion. Yes. You're going through a lot, but like you blatantly left that person seemed out. How else do you think that person's going to react? I, I, I mean, this, yeah, like you said, that Kenya came in and she's like, I might be hurting from, from a now failed marriage, but I'm still going to throw some shade and be gone with them when fabulous. And I I was a little surprised. I was thinking this might be the moment where possibly Kenya and Nini not reconcile and become best friends, but realize that they have something in common with one another. I think, you know, Portia and Kenya probably are going to bond now over this, the fact that they wanted children so bad, they finally get it and it's not what they hope for. And they're kind of dealing with a nightmare, but for her to just single Nini out in a way, I kind of liked it. I'm on Nini's side. I agree with Nini and Nini has since released stuff saying, don't forget that Kenya was the one who was putting a lot of stuff bad out there about Portia and her first husband Cordell and saying that he might be gay. And she, she did throw all those rumors out there. So I, I do think that's something worth remembering and bringing up that Kenya isn't perfect, but I kind of love that she threw shade at Nini. I think it just goes to show like she's not going to she's not going to back down on anybody just because she's going through a hard time. No, not at all. I mean, Nini had me in her confessionals until she was like, fuck off, Kenya. And I was like, oh, oh. I was like, oh, OK. All right. All right. Let's calm down. But Nini does have a point. So Kenya, you can't. I don't know. It's, I, here's the thing. I think I feel two ways. I feel sad for Kenya and her situation. I do not wish it upon anyone, even my biggest enemy. But I also can see everyone's perspective on, I don't even want to call it karma because truly I wouldn't wish that situation on anybody. But she can't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, for some people, like you said, it's not karma, but it's a little bit like you put a lot of bad negative energy out there about a lot of other people's relationships. And now you're in it. And you're seeing what it's like to be on the other side of it. And so maybe now she'll have a little bit more sympathy and compassion going forward for people in a similar situation versus spitting more rumors and putting more stuff out there to make the situation worse. Absolutely. Although that's not really Kenya. So I doubt that's going to happen. But speaking of cheating, uh, Shaw's. So uh, it is moved to Friday, which a lot of people are messaging us. What does this mean? I don't think it's a good sign. I'm just being honest. A Friday evening time slot usually is reserved for not the best ratings or your shows with not great ratings. I think they moved it from Sunday to make room for Family Karma. They could have easily put it in a different time slot and moved New Jersey 
or they could have uh, moved it to Mondays. There were, there were some other options. So to put it at Friday, I don't think is a good sign. I'm just going to put that out there. We are going to try to watch it as much as we can, but there are probably going to be times where we miss it on Fridays because uh, believe it or not, our husbands do not want to watch Bravo every <laughs> single night. Nope. And sometimes on Fridays, we got to let them pick the show. We got to watch but the two crime shows. I would say we got to watch something murdery, duh. So I did watch Shaw's and I have to say, Mike is giving me major, major Jax vibes. So Jax historically has been someone, obviously, that's a womanizer who has cheated. And then it's like he gets married and he acts like he's this or he's engaged now. God, it's, he's still not married on Vanderpump, which we'll touch on. But he acts like he's just like this perfect guy and that everything is amazing and he's a family man and he's, you know, a married guy and he's in a house and he's settled down and he's grown up and he's changed. Even at BravoCon, he was talking about how his life has changed and it's been so perfect since he met Brittany. And people had to remind him, you you cheated on Brittany not that long ago. You're not, you're not perfect, Jax. Mike is the exact same way. He cheated on Jessica. He's gone through a lot of women. He is definitely a womanizer himself. Now he's in a serious relationship. And he happens to be dating a woman who has kids and he acts like he's the family man. He's so in love. This is different. He's changed. And he's making Nima feel bad because he's sort of been making this girl wait seven months before he was ready to dive into a relationship. And Mike said, there must be something wrong with her if she's willing to wait that long for you. And Nima was quick to say, well, what's wrong with this woman who's introducing her kids to you so quickly when all you've ever done is cheat and be a horrible person? So this creates a feud between them. Nima actually goes to lunch with Mike's girlfriend. Mike doesn't realize that. So that gets brought up later. But I just feel like Mike is giving me such major Jax vibes. I don't know why men think that like if they cheat, but then find a great woman and they're in a good relationship. Now they're perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's like, listen, and, and you know, if Mike, if Nima, if the situations and the roles were reversed and Nima had had an affair and then was bouncing back and acting the way that Mike is, you know, Mike would call that shit out. Like he has no problem calling everyone's shit out. He just can't take it when someone else calls it, calls him out. It's, it's, um, I have a, I don't know if I like Mike. I, I like single Mike, I think more than I do like relationship Mike. I, I'm not quite sure what I think of him. I think he isn't always the most accountable for his actions, clearly, because he had an affair and it took him a lot to admit that. But I, I don't know what I think of Mike. I don't love Mike. I've wanted to. I I like him when he is a good friend with the people on the show. But when he's a bad friend, he's a bad friend. And right now, I, I think he's being a bad friend. On top of it, at this dinner event that Gigi Golnassa put together, she has to leave abruptly because she wasn't feeling well. And people are like, she wasn't drinking. Do you think she might be pregnant? And there was kind of like a little bit of discussion. And we later find out that she was pregnant indeed at that dinner. But Mike says to Nima, your dad didn't teach you how to be a man. Your dad, you know, failed you and just really hits below the belt. And Nima has been pretty open about the fact that he hasn't had the, the most traditional family life. And so for Mike to just kind of throw salt on that wound, it really pissed off Nima. I think Nima and his father have now reconciled and are, uh, I think, working towards a better relationship. So Nima was very quick to say, like, don't bring my dad into this. Don't criticize my dad. And Nima tried to spin it back on Mike and his family. And Mike got really upset. And it just, it was driving me crazy because like Mike is just so blinded. He doesn't see his own faults. He doesn't realize in the past 
he has not been a good person. And then he starts criticizing the way someone was raised and thinks it's not going to somehow get flipped back on him. Like, be careful what you say, because you you get what you put out there. And so I just, I'm not team Mike right now. If somebody else is, let me know why, because I think it's going to take a lot of convincing for me to get on Mike's side. Mm. All right. Moving right along. New Jersey. I, so again, Vanessa was traveling a lot this yes, week. Yes, I'm went sorry, to, guys. I'm, too many shows she, and I've tried to binge as much as I can. I feel like people are like, Abby, give Vanessa a chance to talk. <laughs> no, she was, I swear, she was having fun. She was at a wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. We're very happy for the couple. Uh, so I caught up on some of the shows. So I'm sort of leading the charge this episode. And New Jersey's reunion. I was so excited going into it. I thought maybe they're going to touch on some of the stuff that I felt like was very abruptly ended in the season. And honestly, it was just a lot of Jennifer interrupting and yelling at everyone to the point it was so annoying. I agreed with Jennifer on like 80% of the stuff she was saying, but the fact that she had to interrupt and interject on every single conversation, it was exhausting. And I really was ready to turn off the episode. I just... I, I hate when reunions just turn into one person screaming at everybody on the other side of the couch. And that's that makes me sad because I was looking forward to watching it. And when you shared that input with me, I was like, well, I guess I can skip it. I don't need to prioritize <laughs> New Jersey. But I was looking forward to watching it because it, the season, I mean, we talked about how we wanted more and how it was amazing and how it ended so great. So maybe episode, parts two and three will give us all that. But here's a quick question on Jersey before we move on to the next topic. But I saw online some of the interwebs. People are suspecting that Jennifer, they're worried or predicting that she's going to turn into a Danielle and say she has no storyline, hence why she talks and runs her mouth so much. I could see it. I mean, I also think when you dominate any type of episode, season, or reunion, you have to be prepared to then bring it and the bar is set higher for you. Vicky has done this and failed. Tamara has done this and failed. There are other housewives, I think, and even cities. You look at Miami. It was like it was so good. It was so strong. And then they couldn't live up to it. I think Dallas is quickly falling into that category. So Jennifer, I would tread lightly. And the, the other thing, too, that was crazy is Teresa barely said a word. I We hardly heard from Teresa and a little bit of Dolores, but it was just 80% of the time Jennifer versus Melissa, Jackie, and Marge. Ugh. So I... I I agree with the theory that Jennifer is getting into a really slippery slope where she could turn into a Danielle or even uh, a little bit of like the Countess when she moved out of New York Ooh, and was a friend that's a of good one. Yeah. Cause that was a time where she was just going after everybody and it got annoying. So we like a little bit of drama. We like a little bit of conflict. I just nobody wants to just watch somebody yell at somebody for an hour. So I'm hoping the next episode brings it, but this one was just not my favorite. So now we are into Summer House, which I did not watch. So <laughs> Vanessa, take it away. Pass in the mic. Okay, so Summer House. Again, if you're still sleeping on Summer House, don't watch it, you guys. It's going to give you everything that Vanderpump Rules is not giving us. And this episode, we finally, finally see the end of Carl and Lindsay. Woo! Best, that was not planned. We both did that at the same time. The best friends who thought they could be more than friends, who but really couldn't be more than friends. So, Lindsay, here's the thing. Carl is a pussy. 
Um, instead of having the conversation, as we saw in last week's episode with Lindsay and breaking things off and being honest with her, he says he's a quote people pleaser and couldn't do that. And I'm sure he didn't mind getting his D wet, excuse the language, but I'm just going to say it. I'm sure he didn't mind all of that. And he kind of forgot to break up with her, but what he did, what, which was such a dick move in my opinion regardless if you're truly boyfriend and girlfriend or not and how early in your relationship. And especially since she's such a best friend of yours, he asked out another girl essentially in front of her. So they went to a workout class. He went to go get a protein shake while everyone else was hanging out in a different area. And he asked the trainer out on a date. That's what you do when you're in a committed relationship. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you do. So uh, they eventually have a conversation at the party. Lindsay brings us up. She's pissed. She's like, oh, wait. Because he basically is trying to spin it like he's not ready to date. I don't even remember what kind of BS answer he gave, but kind of one of those answers of like, I'm working on myself. I'm not ready. I think we're better off as friends. And and then she's like, oh, wait, but you're ready to, like, to date other people. Like it just, you're not giving me the full answer. So she, in the next episode, threatens and says you have not seen me blow up yet and i was like yes angry Lindsay. she's scary but i enjoy it on tv so i think she's gonna blow up and luke and hannah are finally finally gonna kiss and go on a date and luke even asked out the same trainer as carl so there's some wait in the same episode um, this next episode. Well, it didn't happen oh. in this episode, but he there's a you get the previews, you get a fight. So Luke was like, "Yeah, I asked her out. Like, who cares?" And Carl is about to flip shit. So again, guys, watch Summer House. Ooh, it's so Ooh. good. I mean, yes. Wow, I'm kind of mad I missed the episode, but I will definitely catch up before. I mean, honestly, uh, you'll get. I mean, those synopsis in the beginning of each episode, like the first. 90 seconds or 60 seconds you'll get it you don't need to watch it you'll you'll see it all there not that not not that complex of a storyline nope well speaking of not complex storylines vanderpump if we if they break up the wedding into another two-parter so we aren't even at the wedding day yet people in this episode we get to kentucky people are at the freaking castle but we are still talking about this wedding for the, like, I love that Jackson and Brittany, there was a lot of, you know, speculation that they were pissed. They didn't get a spinoff and their own thing. Well, I don't know why they'd be upset. They got about half of the season covered about their wedding. It just, that's all people are talking about. I'm just, I'm so over it. I don't know if it will ever end. I don't know if it will ever end either. It's, <laughs> I think because we saw it on Instagram and honestly, the Instagram version of their wedding is the version I think I'm going to prefer more than the TV version. Yes. It even feels more real probably because it was more than this damn scripted ass show has been, but I'm ready for this to be over. I think I'm jumping way, way, way ahead, but James Kennedy sums it up perfectly about the wedding in true James Kennedy form, he kind of tells everyone what he shares, what the viewers are thinking and his impersonations about the wedding and the hashtag Jack's got it right. I thought it was hilarious. I love that he made fun of it, even though I am person, I like a person that loves a wedding hashtag. It's really more so it's like a fun way to personalize it, but it's also an easy way to go back and look at all the photos, you know, somebody might bring a date that you're not following and you can still see the pictures that way. So I get the hashtags, but I agree that it's taken, been taken to this new level where some of it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, and to say Jack's got it right. I think he has done a lot of things wrong. So there's a lot of ironing there, but 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff happened. I think, you know, the main thing is that Sandoval is re-invited back to the wedding. He is in the wedding party. He is the best man, but he's not standing next to Jax, as if that's like the world's biggest insult. So it's going to go Schwartz, then Sandoval. And that he's also mad, that he's still mad at him, that he forgave him just to move on. Which almost in some way shows a little bit of growth on Jax's end. I mean, yes, he took the easy way out, but... I feel like old Jax would have just said, screw it, you're not going. I mean, he didn't even forgive his mother enough to give her an invite. Yeah, but a part of me was like, just knowing how much those two have really gone the distance, like haven't really made amends since the show. Part of me is like, if you really felt that way, why have him there? Like it just seemed just more for cameras. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And I mean, let's think about it. So now that means towards the end of the season and at the reunion and beginning of next season, we will have a feud with Jax and Sandoval. So I think in some way, Jax is making sure he stays on the show. Oh, he true. has nothing else going on. Mama. What is it? Mama. Mama's beer. <laughs> I said, mama's beard. Mama's beer. Cheese. Mama's isn't really lighting. Is it me? or mama? I don't know. <laughs> One of the two, something I don't say something, you know, grandma, Mimi, whatever. So her beer cheese is not lighting the world on fire. And a lot of other people on the show could do without Vanderpump Rules. Stassi has had a very successful podcast and a podcast tour. A lot of people said she could, sort of like the next Bethany, she could very easily have her own spinoff or hold her own show. The Toms have Tom Tom. That's been very successful for them. Ariana and Sandoval have their cocktail book together. Uh, There's rumors that they wanted to kind of go on tour and let everyone sample all their cocktails So, I mean, there's a lot going on. Lala's just marrying somebody super rich. So, I mean, I think Jax is the only one who really still needs the show. And he's very much at risk for it not coming back. So he's doing a lot to keep himself relevant. Oh, he sucks. One quick note before we wrap up Vanderpump. But do you find it interesting that Ariana and Stassi, who allegedly have this, you know, rekindled friendship and had their birthday together and like hung out a lot. And there was a point of Stassi talking about how she's always wanted to be her friend, but wasn't cool enough. And now we never, ever see them film together. Isn't that interesting? I mean, the only time we see them film together is in a big group or that one time at dinner when it was Lala, Stassi and Ariana. I do think it's interesting. They're not, they didn't do their birthdays together this year. They're definitely drifting apart. And I've, we've heard different things that there is, not animosity, but there's definitely some tension between them. There might be some idea stealing going on there between different things that they're doing to promote their own brands. So I, I, I doubt we'll see it. I think Ariana is a little bit more of a professional and isn't necessarily going to put it all out there. She's not going to go on Instagram like Lala did and just as Lala says, Oh my gosh, I forgot that. I forgot that. I forgot that happened. So that was interesting. We have to touch on this. So Lala, Went on Instagram Live, quickly deleted it. Big props to Face Reality 16, who recorded it and saved it and has it there for, I mean, it has a majority of it for the world to see. But Lala was, talk about what she was pissed off about. I didn't read the article. You found it and you kind of know the, what happened. Yeah. So there's this article. We'll link, provide a link to it. I believe it's like Reality T or some someone, one of these like entertainment blogs. And basically is recapping a conversation, an interview that Tom Sandoval had on Entertainment Tonight and talking about last week's episode about how um, the women didn't really like specifically, I guess, in Lala's case, but how they they say they have Ariana's back and they're concerned about they're not her safe space because at one minute 
they're talking about but talk ugh, i gonna speak talking poorly behind about her behind her back they're not standing up for her and lawless point in lawless case excuse me we don't see her defending ariana to Jax when he's talking about her sexuality we don't see any of that happen at least the cameras didn't show it so he's just kind of saying like okay of course you, you guys aren't going to be her safe space because you're talking shit up behind her back that's kind of what prompted it. I mean, I felt like everything he said, what to me wasn't really out of line. It was reacting to the situation and the tape show it. <laughs> I mean, the tape show Lala specifically talking shit on Ariana and saying um, not nice things about her personality, but then also not defending her uh, when it comes to her sexuality. So I don't know. So then I, um, the video, which you watched closely, I've been watching it on mute. <laughs> but Lauren, as people like to call her to insult Lauren her, from Utah, Lauren from Utah <laughs> goes off on Tom and Ariana. It was so weird because she kept referencing Tom. You talk about you were there for me and you know what it was like. You don't know what it's like to lose a parent. You don't know what it's like. And so I don't know what was said that made her have to call out her father's death and talking about that for those wondering, she was sober while doing it. She said, you know, I thought having a sober life and embracing sobriety, I wouldn't be popping off on people. And here I am like going crazy. So she's fully aware of what she's doing. I'm a little surprised that she went on Instagram live. Obviously she felt bad about it. She quickly deleted it. It wasn't something that was out there for very long. She's also made a few other mistakes on Instagram. She posted the save the date for Stassi and Bo, which is beautiful. Other people did too. Lala didn't crop it. So the URL for their wedding website and password was on there. By the time people realized that the password was, once you zoomed in, you could see it and they went on to log in, it had been changed. But I'm sure Stassi was not thrilled that what she had put out on the save the dates was made public. And now she has to change her password and let everybody else know what the new password is for their website. Mm-mm. I couldn't agree more. So, Lauren, Lauren from, from Utah. Utah. <laughs> get, get it together your, girl yes get your shit together also i do love the word pop off i'm gonna start talking like that like i'm gonna pop off on her if she keeps doing that that's just i like it it's very like intense it's also very i don't know ghetto <laughs> i was gonna say it's um, very white <laughs> i i think it's very uh it's like yeah it's very like white girl ghetto for yes me, i yes. would say yes <laughs> I, oh, I don't know. So t- come at me if I'm wrong with that. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> so now we are, we did a pretty good job. We're right around 33 minutes and we are at our shout out. I feel like I almost need to take a deep breath. Our shout out this week though is Anisha's grandpa from Family Karma. Woo-hoo! He is so adorable. Okay. He, you guys, he's like this cute little old man. I just want to give him a hug. I, I want to squeeze him so bad. He just is this adorable, sweet little old man. But he loves Hooters. He's ta- he and Anisha go to Hooters all the time. He was saying that he doesn't go there just to look at the girls. The food is also pretty good, which made me laugh. <laughs> and he kept telling Anisha that she needed to get married and have kids because she was going to hit menopause soon. Anisha is 34. Uh, you just got to love an old man, like, imposing, you know, his traditional ways on his granddaughter. I love that he brought the producer over and they filmed it because, like, he just isn't aware that he's on this reality show and you don't do that. And his authenticity and just realness is adorable. And I think he's definitely one that is going to be making us laugh for the rest of the season. So big shout out to Anisha's grandpa. Woohoo! And Hooters. <laughs> and Hooters. Yeah. I've only been to Hooters once in my life, but 
Yeah, Hooters. Uh, this brings us to the end of our podcast. And if you've enjoyed listening to us, which we hope you have, please be sure to subscribe, leave us a five-star review and a little comment on how great we are. It really does help with the algorithms and we really appreciate it. We've been coming, we've been able to be a little bit more discoverable lately and that's been great. We're getting more messages about people finding our podcast. That's really why we started it. The Instagram piece of it is super fun as well, but really our passion was doing this podcast and discussing Bravo out there with everyone else who loves Bravo. So uh, please give us a minute and uh, a review and a subscribe if you wouldn't mind. But as we mentioned, our Instagram is also a great place to go for the daily Bravo news. We are at Real Moms of Bravo. We like to post funny memes about motherhood, hangovers, drinking, and the coronavirus, because why not? (laughs) So with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.